0: Hi, everyone. Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us, and he has a word for you today. We are sure of it. Take some time out to listen, and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. Before we read our Bible confessional, I have a Smith story for you. Now, oh, get this. And I want this to be on there. The Smith story. In my Smith story, it goes like this. My wife was on the phone. My oldest son, remember, he's deployed. So she's on the phone with him doing kind of like they have an app where they do like a FaceTime. I hear them talking. So I run in to just, you know, being nosy. Okay, just to be frank, I'm being nosy. I get in there and I tell him because he says, oh, dad, I like your hair. I had my hair kind of up. So my locks were up like a pineapple. He says, Dad, I like your hair. I said, well, thank you. I said, you know what happened? I was at the gym the other day with Eric, my youngest son, and I'm on, the, I'm on the elliptical. And he says that he saw me from a distance. He said, Dad, you were getting it. He says, your head was moving from the left to the right. And I was like, my dad over there getting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, thank you, son. I said, you know what happened? I said, while I was working out, a lady came up and said, I like your hair. Greta says who said that I said well it's just you know it's a lady that came over while I was working out and she just said that she liked she liked my hair she said hmm." you need to stop being so friendly at the gym and I said, I said, "Wait, baby! I said you gotta understand. I said all I'm just doing. I'm just trying to explain to my boy. He complimented me on my hair. I'm just trying to tell him somebody else complimented me, complimented me on my hair also. And and you know she was she was she was an older woman. She was just coming over and say she said, she said mm hmm. She said I might need to start going to the gym. I, I said I said I said listen, it's not it's not it's not that you know. She just came over." To, to say that she, she liked my hair. Greta looked at me, she said, mm-hmm. She said, don't get drug out there by them dreads now. <laughs> I said, wait. What's with, what's with all the hostility? All I'm trying to do is explain to my boy. What, my, my boy, what happened at the gym? Because he complimented me on my hair. She says, mm-hmm, like I said. Don't get drug out there. <laughs> <laughs> the woman I live with. I am. I am ready. She talking about facts. Whoo! A Wesley Chapel pastor was drugged out of the YMCA by his dreadlocks, by his fuming, fuming mad wives, Talking about anyway. Our Bible confession. Ready? Let's read. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God breathed, and I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable, it is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God and shall forever be to me. My Bible in Jesus name. Amen. Put your eyes on the first slide, please. It's one that we have read before. It is the voice version of Exodus chapter three, verses one through five. We're talking about Moses and this burning bush. It reads this way. Now one day when Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, he guided the flock far away from its usual pastures to the other side of the desert and came to a place known as Horeb where the mountain of God stood. There the special messenger of the Eternal appeared to Moses in a fiery blaze from within a bush. Moses looked again at the bush and it blazed, but to his amazement the bush did not burn up in the flames. My God, my God. Why is this bush, Moses says to himself, not burning up? I need to move a little closer to get a better look at this amazing sight. When the Eternal One saw Moses approach the burning bush to observe it more closely, he called out to him from within the bush. God said, Moses, Moses, Moses said, I'm right here. God replies, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals and stand barefoot on the ground in my presence, for this ground is holy ground. Let's pray. God, I thank you for each and every person here. We never take it for granted, this opportunity that we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person. I also pray that everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today they can use. They will be able to use this message and make their lives better. God, not just years from now, or months from now, or weeks from now, not even days from now, but they will be able to use this word and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Family, the last time we were together, what I was making a case for was for each of us to view ourselves as a burning bush to view ourselves as something more than common. I called it wanting each of us to have a burning bush perspective. I went on to identify a few points associated with you thinking or knowing that inside you are a burning bush. Notice here a few points just to take off from where we, are, where, where we were before. We put a bookmark down, and here's what it, here's what it looks like. That's, that's what it looked like. Here's what it looks like. <laughs> Spiritually, you are the image of, the, of a burning bush. You're on fire. And fire has certain capabilities. Fire can annihilate. It can warm. It can sterilize. It can ignite. It can burn up foolishness and drama. It can incinerate stuff. Fire. And that's all because of the God within. Now let's take a look back. Go to my next slide. Because I have some things highlighted for you in Exodus chapter 3 verses 1 through 5. During our previous session we talked about Hey, you should have a burning bush perspective, and we promised that we would pick up from there and go forward. We do that this time. It says that Moses, at some point in time, looked at a bush, and that bush blazed, but it did not burn up. And he he thought that was amazing. I want to focus you this session on that six letter preposition that occurs twice in this passage. That word is the word within. Moses saw this bush and it burned and it was amazing, but it wasn't just amazing for no reason. It was amazing because of what was within it. It was amazing because it had God inside. Family, you are not common. You are an earthen vessel with God inside. And God being inside of you makes you, gives you the ability, gives you the capability to be amazing. And as believers, we know without a shadow of a doubt that we have God on the inside because Jesus promised us an internal or an inner deposit. Look at John 14. In John 14, it's going to be the good old King James Version where he says, hey, let not your heart be troubled. Jesus is getting ready to, to, to go to the cross soon, and he's talking to his disciples. John 14, verses 1 through 5 let not your heart be troubled, Troubled, ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas, this is one of his disciples, says... Lord, we know not whether thou goeth, and how can we know the way? Now, Jesus just goes ahead and just goes right into his statement and he says, hey, listen, man, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Nobody, and I mean nobody, comes to the Father except by me. And then there's another disciple, Philip, says, hey, Jesus, excuse me, sir, if I can get myself into this conversation you're talking about the, the going to the Father. I tell you what you do. You go ahead and show us the Father. Show the Father to me, and that'll, be, that'll, that'll satisfy us. It'll satisfy me. Jesus not even missing a beat. He says, man, have I been with you this long, and you don't know the Father? Don't you know that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? In other words, the Father and I are one. He, 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 he ultimately says, you know what? And if you don't believe what I'm saying, just believe what I'm saying for the very work's sake and about those works. At some point in time, the works that I do, you will do also. But greater works than these shall you do. And Once again, he's got this mindset. Christ has his mindset that I'm going to be leaving soon. So then he flies into verse 16. Notice, talking about this deposit. Jesus says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall beware where." In you, There shall be a comforter in you. And I thank God that Jesus didn't leave us here because he went on beyond that. And in verse 26, he clearly identifies this comforter. Notice. But the comforter, which is who? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost whom the father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I saith unto you loved ones when you said yes to Jesus you received the Holy Ghost and when you received the Holy Ghost that also means that God began to reside on the inside and when the spirit of God began to reside on the inside in the spirit realm you ignited in the spirit realm you caught fire every devil and every demon saw it Every evil principality saw it. You caught fire. You ignited. You became a burning bush. We could even say it like this if we were to dip our toe back into the old church, you became possessor of that Holy Ghost fire. Now, for the record, though, the Bible never really calls specifically the Holy Ghost. A fire. We use that term Pentecostally, if that's a word. Let's try to just, let's make it one today. And and Holy Ghost fire when you say it from your gut, it can it can really you know it moves the crowd. It gets by the spirit by Holy Ghost fire. You know, it just gets you passionate. But the Bible never really coins anything as Holy Ghost fire quickly notice this when John the Baptist is baptizing Jesus he says this in Matthew 3 this account is also in Luke 3 John's talking to the folk you know folk coming up to get baptized he says the axe is now ready to this is Matthew 3 verses 10 through 12 easy to read version the axe is now ready to cut down the trees every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire I, talking to John, talking about himself, I baptize you with water to show that you have changed your hearts and lives. But there is someone coming later who will be able to do more than I can. I am not good enough to be the slave who takes off his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Two different things. It doesn't say he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost fire. But the Holy Ghost and with fire, he will come ready to clean the grain. He will separate the good grain from the straw and he will put the good part into his barn. Then he will burn the useless part with a fire that cannot be stopped. In other words, I'm here baptizing you with water, but, you know, that's just on the surface. That's just natural. If if I were completing John's sentences, I would say, I can baptize you with water, but then get up and you turn the corner and start cussing again. I can baptize you with water and then you can get up and start thinking about lying again. I can baptize you with water, but baptizing you with water is just on the surface. But when Christ comes, he's going to do something on the inside. And when you get something done on the inside, you can't run from what's inside you. You can't run from the conviction that works within. So whatever you got that's unpure, that's not like God, that's a bunch of mess, that's unholy, once Christ gets on the inside of you, what's going to happen is he's going to start purifying you from the inside out like a fire would, would burn up bad trash. And indeed, a part of that cleansing is the deposit that he's going to make on the inside of you Called the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Look at Acts, the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter two. Verses one through four in the voice. When the holy day of Pentecost came 50 days after Passover, they were gathered together in one place. Picture yourself among the disciples. A sound roars from the sky without warning. The roar of a violent wind. And the whole house where they were gathered reverberates with the sound. Then a flame appears. Here's the fire. fire, Dividing into smaller flames and spreading from one person to the next. All the people present were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in languages they've never spoken as the Spirit empowers them. Now, here we have fire and the Holy Spirit, but it never says that the Holy Spirit is the fire. Never coins the phrase Holy Ghost fire. So certainly we can say the Bible has text that places the Holy Spirit and fire in the same passage. However, the Bible, the scripture, stops short of, never really comes out and calls the Holy Ghost a fire, or it it also doesn't coin the phrase, Holy Ghost fire. Yet, I cannot dismiss the picture of that burning bush from my mind. Let me show you an image because I want to I want to give you something that imprints in you the burn. When God is on the inside of you, the heat, the intensity, the flame, the power. Let it rest for a minute. Indeed. It doesn't call the Holy Ghost a fire, but when God begins to reside on the inside of you, spiritually speaking, you ignite it into flame. I can't get this image out of my mind. I cannot dismiss that somehow there is a connection between God in this bush and God in me. The Bible says that the bush was on fire. Burning. But there was something amazing about the burn. there was something amazing about the burn. Yeah, Yeah, just enough where they can hear it. What was happening to this bush, the bush was not following the normal course of things. Any other bush in the same situation, in the same position, would not be faring as well. But somehow, this bush was defying the odds. This bush was, it was defying the natural law. It was on fire, consumed with fire, engulfed by flames, but it was not getting burned. Loved ones, therein lies our next powerful element or benefit of having a burning bush perspective. I absolutely embrace viewing myself as a burning bush. Viewing myself as someone who got ignited when God came on the inside. Viewing myself as someone who is... We can say, fill with that Holy Ghost fire. I embrace viewing myself this way. I embrace it because it gives me mental persistence. It gives me mental toughness. It gives me spiritual grit. It It gives me a drive to not quit. When I view myself this way, it gives me the fortitude to stand firm in my faith and keep going. I get a situational advantage. Say situation advantage. Mm. Family, I get a situational advantage when I realize that when God came on the inside of my spirit, my spirit caught fire. I get an advantage there. Allow me, though, to say that more clearly, more directly. Family, there are times in life where my, but your too, but where my critics and my enemies team up. To throw me in the fire. And I know as believers. We are quick to say no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I know we're quick to say all things work together for the good for them who love God for them who are to call according to his purpose. But just because the Bible tells you that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It doesn't say that their bullets will never hit you. It never says their knife will never get in your side. It never says that when the bomb goes off, you won't get hit by some shrapnel. The Bible says all things work together for your good. Yeah, for them who's, for them who's called of God. But guess what? Just because all things work together for your good, it doesn't mean that as things are working for your good, that it feels good. It doesn't mean that you're going to be on easy street. Just because no weapon formed against you shall prosper, it doesn't mean that weapons won't form, and it don't mean that when weapons come, that they might not win the war, but they might win a couple battles. They may drop you to your knees. They may cause you to buckle. They may make you sweat. It doesn't mean that that's not going to happen. And sometimes my critics, they team up with my enemies. And they throw me in the fire. Sometimes my enemies, they cut a covenant with my haters. And you know what they do? They they throw me in the fire. And when they throw me in the fire, (coughs) they just sit back. Celebrate. Celebrate the thought of me being destroyed. Celebrate the thought of my demise but family I've already told you I get a situational advantage by having a certain mental perspective you see when they think I'm destroyed because they threw me in the fire the joke's on them because when they tossed me in the flames I was already on fire. How you gonna burn up what God has already ignited? How you gonna put fire to what God already has set ablaze? I'm already on fire. I got God on the inside of me, and the moment he began to reside on the inside of me, I ignited. I wake up every day already on fire. When I go to bed, I'm on fire. In the middle of the day, I'm on fire. I'm on fire all the time. You can't burn fire with fire. You can't burn me because what's burning inside of me is already intense. hey, I am already a burning bush. And get this, that's why when life turns up the heat, says I'm already on fire, I can stay cool. Hear me. It's because I burn that I can stay cool under pressure. It's because I'm on fire that I can stay cool under pressure. It's because I'm already ignited that I can stay cool under pressure. It's a perspective. And because I'm already ablaze. You will find it hard to burn me up. My loved ones, the Bible also has an account. And you know this account it's the account of three Hebrew men that got thrown into a fiery furnace. It's in the book of Daniel. And the way that account goes is that these three Hebrew men were thrown into a fiery furnace because they refused to bow down and worship an idol. They refused to bow down to any other god but the one true god. The way the account goes is there was a king, Nebuchadnezzar, Who decided he was gonna make a golden statue or idol that was approximately 90 feet tall? And he required everyone under his purview, in his kingdom, in his realm, to bow down and worship these things, this thing. And per the decree, here's what it said Daniel 3. Verse 6 in the voice. Here's, here's one of the king's people shouting this out to folks. We jump right in at verse 6. Anyone who does not obey the king's command and refuses to bow and worship will be taken immediately and thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. Now, the three Hebrew men, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego they cannot misinterpret these words what the king wants is clear and the what do you call it the punishment for not following through is clear there's no mixing words what he's saying but those men still said no Notice, same chapter, verses 16 through 18, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said this, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to defend our actions in this matter. We are ready for the test. Ooh, look at this. If you throw us into the blazing furnace, then God will serve Thank you. If you throw us into the blazing furnace, then the God we serve is able to rescue us from a furnace of blazing fire and release us from your power, your majesty. But even if he does not, O oh King, you can be sure that we still will not serve your gods and we will not worship the golden statue you erected. Now, upon these words, the older king followed through. He was was not just given blank threats. He followed through and he threw these men into the furnace. In fact, the Bible says he didn't just throw them in. He first had his fellows heat the furnace seven times hotter than it usually is and then throw them in. And when he threw those boys in, he expected the engagement to be over. He he expected that to be the end of the story. Chapter closed. I can move on about my day. But when he looked in that furnace family, he saw an amazing sight. Notice. Verses 24 through 25. Nebuchadnezzar could hardly believe his eyes. Shocked, the king jumped up and asked his advisors, didn't we tie up and throw three men into the fire, into the heart of the fire? The advisor said, yes, O king. I believe he kind of cleared his throat. throat) (laughs) Um, Then why do I see four men? completely unbound walking around in the middle of the fire they don't appear to be hurt at all and the fourth he appears to be like a son of the gods nebuchadnezzar is shocked that he put three in there they're not burned and he also sees a fourth Nebuchadnezzar is wondering as Moses is wondering, how is it that I can throw these people in the fire and they not be consumed? Well, let me tell you, King, why? You threw in the fire three men whose lives were already set ablaze by God. And the fire that they have is greater than the fire you're working with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Loved ones, when you see yourself as you are, as a burning bush, you know that you have God on the inside. So just like they went into the fire, not alone, you go into the fire, not alone. Yeah. And get this. They are completely unbound and walking around. That means even when people throw you into a flame and expect that flame to completely annihilate you, you stand in the flame doing things freely that they can't even believe you can do. I thought I hurt you. I thought I cut you down. I thought I burnt you up. But guess what? I got something on the inside of me. When you bound me, the fire freed me and doggone it, I cannot be burned. I can't be burned and this is Shadrach Meshach and Abednego with God with them you got God in you I got God in me hmm It's a perspective. And when you take that perspective and you lock it in, say this with me. When I walk out this life, I I do so so. with with God inside. And family... When you walk through this life with God inside, you better believe that there are going to be oppositions or an opposition that wants to throw you in the fire and burn you up. Notice The opposition hopes you burn. There will be, as you walk through this life with God on the inside of you, there will be people who throw you in the fire and hope you burn. People, your critics, your enemies, your haters. Throw you in and hope you burn. The devil will throw you in the fire and hope you burn. life and when i say life you do realize that life sometimes just happens we blame stuff on the devil we blame stuff on people but sometimes life is just unpleasant something happens that's just unfortunate something that you just didn't expect something you just didn't like life sometimes can put you in the fire When life turns up the heat, life can turn up the heat in many different realms. It can turn up the mental heat through stress. Life can turn up the emotional heat through heartbreak. It can turn up the spiritual heat through disappointment. Life can turn up the heat and the heat can get so intense that it bursts into flame. And there you go. Life has put you in the flame. And just because people who hate you, who don't like you or the devil didn't create that situation, it don't believe it don't mean that they won't stand stand back from afar and hope you burn. You have opposition that hopes you burn. They hope your dreams burn. They hope your confidence burns. They hope your self-esteem burns. They hope your joy burns. They hope your faith burns. And we want to make sure we draw a clear line and an understanding that there's a difference between somebody burning up your confidence and somebody burning up your self-esteem. At times, they're used as synonyms, but they're different. Confidence is a belief in your abilities. Self-esteem is about your worth. When I, when I, when I break it down into practical terms, think of confidence as your ability so you can sing, you can you can you can draw. You can play good at sports. You you you're you're a good writer. You're you're you have a you're good at school. You're good at education. You're just you're you're you're, you're intelligent. The, it's, it's your ability. Self-esteem is your impression of the person that stares back at you in the mirror. Let me give you an example of a a young kid. Say you have a young kid, a student, who's in school, and they're not good at math. I mean, they try. They're just not good. They study. They're not goofing off. But when that test test comes back, it's not the letter grade they had hoped for. It's actually a couple letter grades below what they even thought they might have got. that child can begin to lose their confidence and their ability to do math. But that same child could still be very much high on his self-esteem or her self-esteem. They're not moping around. They're doing other subjects just fine. When they're at home, they're, 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 they're expressing themselves. When they're with their friends, they're expressing themselves. At lunch, they're happy. Their confidence has wavered in mathematics, but their view of themselves has not wavered. But now, if that child begins to translate doing poor or failing at math as I'm a failure, now we begin to get into self-esteem. When the opposition hopes you burn, they not only want to see your belief and your gifts and your talents and your abilities burn, they want to burn up you completely on the inside. They want to burn up your self-esteem. They want you saying stuff like, I'm not worth being loved. I'm not worth being cared for. I'm not worth anybody giving anything to. They want you to look at you and tear yourself down. Confidence is about it. Self-esteem is about I. And I like that we have those two words because you'll notice. It begins with what letter? I. So whatever it is that God has given me as as an ability never has its full potential until I get the right view of myself. I comes first. It never completely becomes all that it can be until I come first. But yeah, all these items or entities that we have listed here as being your opposition they throw you in the fire and they hope that you burn. And all your foes (laughs) sit back and celebrate the fact that they threw you in the flames and they await your demise. But when they look in the flames, they are amazed. Give me my flame back. Because they thought by throwing you in the fire that they had you down and if they had the nerve to even ask how could that be or perhaps you just want to let them know for yourself you would tell them that the fire that you threw me in cannot burn me up because my fire is hotter than yours to all your critics my fire is just harder than yours. To your enemies my fire is harder than yours. To your haters my fire is harder than yours. Your to your schemers my fire is harder than yours. To your backstabbers my fire is harder than yours. To your tricksters my fire is harder than yours. To your trap setters my fire is harder than yours. To the devil, guess what? My fire is hotter than yours. To life, my fire is hotter than yours. That's why you can't burn up my dreams. That's why you can't burn up my confidence. That's why you can't burn up my self-esteem. That's why you can't burn up my joy. That's why you can't burn up my faith. Because the fire that I'm working with is so much more intense than the fire you got. The fire I'm working with is more consuming, it's brighter, it's more intense, it's more engulfing. As a matter of fact, the fire that I'm working with not only engulfs me, check this out, you stand too close, you might be standing on holy ground. Because the fire in me has created in me the burning bush that Moses saw. It's a burning bush. You can do whatever you want to do to me to try to burn me up. But you can not burn me up because the fire of God on the inside is just better. is hotter. It's more intense. It's more lasting than anything you could put me in. Do you have the Isaiah? Notice what what is. What's written in Isaiah? Oh, nice. I like the way you did that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. This is the voice translation Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 3. Remember who created you, O Jacob, who shaped you, O Israel. See, you have nothing to fear. I who made you will take you back. I have chosen you, named you as my own. When you face stormy seas, I will be there with you, in, with endurance and calm. You will not be engulfed in the in raging rivers. If it seems like you're walking through fire with flames licking at your limbs, keep going, because why? You won't be burned. Whenever people have put you in the fire, when a situation or circumstance causes you to think that you are going to be burned, oh, take me back. Take me back. Take me back up one. When it seems as if you're going to walk through the fire and the flames are licking at your limbs, keep going. Keep believing on God. Keep pushing with the vision. Keep going with the goal. Keep believing in your family. Keep believing on your children. Keep believing on your business. Keep believing he'll deliver. Keep believing that he'll heal. Keep believing that he'll supply. Keep going. No matter how high it is, keep going. Why? Because God says you won't be burned. How do I know I won't be burned? Because when you put me in the fire, baby, I was already ablaze. And the God that's in me has already told me. And I know we're talking about fire, but guess what? Don't try to drown me either. Because he says he will give me endurance and calm. He'll be right there. The important part of this whole thing is right here. I will be there. Where? With you. Through the storm, I'm there. Through the fire, I'm there. Verse 3 now, thank you. Because I, the eternal one, am your God. I am the Holy One of Israel. I will save you. I have traded in nations to win you back. Egypt, Cush, Seba, yeah, Seba, in exchange for your freedom. In other words, I go all out for you. I go all out for you. Family, the image, the perspective of you being a burning bush gives you a situational advantage. Once you know for yourself that it doesn't matter what fire anybody puts me in, the fire that I have on the inside is greater. Say this with me. Say, I am, I am. A, burning bush. a burning bush. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. That's a good place to bookmark it again. And we will continue building on this perspective next time. Let's pray. You can keep my image, you can take the words down. Just let that let that image become a part of you. You can even give them some more of that sound if you want to. Just a little, let them, let them, let them hear it roar a little bit. God, I thank you that. Your son Jesus did what he had to do to allow us to be home to the Spirit of God. That deposit of the Holy Ghost ignited something in us, it set us on fire. And the fire that we're working with is hotter than any fire anybody or anything else can throw us in they can't burn up what you've already ignited God I thank you that no matter what I go through you're always there with me in the middle of it all if it seems like I'm I'm all alone one thing I know for sure you are with me. I know you are with me <laughs> because you in me. My prayer is that everyone under the sound of my voice embraces the view, the perspective, the mindset That spiritually speaking, they are a burning bush. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.